0: cliffcentral.com.
1: On Mondays we get to spend some time with Dr. Hanan Bushkin and he is with us today and we're going to talk to him about some amazing things. Just by the way, we're launching something interesting with uh, Dr. Hanan and if you're in in a corporate in, environment and you are thinking that you need um, to, to get the kind of excellent advice that he gives us on a Monday to the rest of your staff or to the rest of your colleagues, or to the people that you work with, we're working on some Some real crisis intervention stuff, which I think will help many companies to get through a very, very difficult time. And we all know that particularly with the new restrictions that have come in as of yesterday, there are going to be lots and lots of companies that need a bit of guidance and some help through these very arduous situations. Working from home is not all it's cut out to be. And keeping the team together, the kind of budget that a company might have spent on team building or on helping people to work together or on on flow or on any of the stuff that companies need to operate at optimal capacity. You probably need some help now. And we're putting together a session with uh, Dr. Hanan. If you and your company are interested, then, You can talk to us. Let's turn our attention right now to Dr. Hanan Bushkin. Hey, Dr. Hanan, how are you? Hey, Gareth. It's nice to see you. As always, it means Monday's here, and it means that we can rely on you for some good advice. So there are a couple of things on the agenda for this morning, and I know last week we ended the session by saying that uh, we would talk about addictive personalities and whether or not that's an actual thing. And so for It's Going to Be Okay Today, I thought we would start off with that. There are a lot of people who use addiction as an excuse, and there are people who genuinely have major problems. That's without doubt, right? I mean, it's an established fact that certain people are addicted to substances, behaviors. Um, there are all kinds of addictions, and maybe that's a good place to start. So tell us what, what you guys in, in your profession understand addiction to be.
2: So the whole story about uh, addictive personality is actually a myth. There's no personality that's uh, typically tied to addiction. Um, Addiction is a complicated thing. It's part nature, part nurture. But it's an inability to control your impulses and uh, gravitate towards things that are not healthy for you in the long run. We don't look down at people that are addicted to, to the gym. We don't look down at people that are addicted to their work. We don't look down at people that make tons of money. I can assure you that Jeff Bezos is an addict and Elon Musk is an addict. That's interesting. And we look up to these personalities. Mm -hmm. So we don't look down at people that are addicted that are achieving something that society says is really valuable. Uh But when that same personality is addicted to things that actually break them down, drugs, alcohol, sex, uh, prescription medication, that's when we look down at them. So it's an inability to be able to control your impulses. And we all have that ability to not control our impulses. There's an addict in all of us. And again, addict is such a negative word, it's, such a, it's got such a negative connotation. But to be addicted to things that are very good for you um, within, within balance is actually very healthy.
1: I mean, uh, this is where I'm going to bring Bulelo in because um, he's a perfect example of someone who's addicted to exercise. Um, but do you think you're addicted? Uh oh, sorry. Hang on, Gareth. Sorry, I can't sorry, hear you. sorry. Uh, Bulelo is a perfect example. Sorry about that. There was something wrong with this system here. Um, Bulelo is addicted to exercise. Um, Bulelo, do you think it's an addiction?
0: No, absolutely, absolutely. And I'm I'm so interested to hear what uh, doctor henan Hranan's got to say. And you know, Dr. Hranan, I was seeing somebody, and we were talking about the go/no-go system. Maybe you could uh, maybe chat to us about. Uh, maybe it, it it is what you're saying in terms of being able to control those those pulses but for me absolutely i'm i'm addicted and you, you know and i'm a rigid I'm, i am a certain type of personality and prone to if i'm doing it i'm doing it you know
2: yeah have you guys heard of the famous marshmallow experiment
1: yes is this where they you know so they, so- they give the kids the marshmallows and they
2: yeah. yeah. It's, yeah uh, right. it's a very famous experiment. They took kids uh, three to five years old and they put a marshmallow in front of them. And they said to, to them, don't touch the marshmallow. If you do, you don't get another one. If you wait for me for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. I'm going to come back and give you another one. And we found that most of the kids, 80% of the kids ate the marshmallow. The 20% that didn't they followed them throughout their lives and they found that they were much more successful, better right. health, better relationships, financially much more secure because the ability to delay gratification is a very adult thing to do. Right. But listen to this. So, we actually watched this on camera, and the kids that were able to delay gratification, those 20% super duper amazing superhuman kids, they were, what they did is instead of sitting in front of the marshmallow, they distracted themselves. They stood up, they played with some toys. They uh, started inventing games on their own. So what we did, actually, in the clinic, which was very fascinating, we took back the 20%, those super-duper kids, and replicated the experiment. But this time, we changed it up a a little bit. Now, remember, we only took the 20%, these Mm -hmm. amazing kids. But this time, we put the marshmallow in front of them, and we said, you can't get up from your seat. You have to stay seated in front of the marshmallow. And how many of those kids do you think could delay gratification now?
1: Oof, Small, small. Zilch. None, none. Zilch. Really? None. Wow.
2: Yeah. The ability to delay gratification is not about staring at your weakness. It's about distracting yourself with things that you can't control. That's why rehabs <laughs> have such a low success rate. Because what you do with rehab, you take somebody away from the marshmallow, yeah. and they do really well, but then you bring them back to the marshmallow. Hmm. And people on day one, I'm stronger than that. On day two, I'm stronger than that. But day three, you start finding a bit of weakness, and before you know it, you grab onto it. So the strength is not about looking at what you're weak at and feeling strong, because nobody's stronger than their addiction, nobody's stronger than their temptation. Wow. And people go, well, I can stare at I can stare at a marshmallow for days. Yes, because a marshmallow is not your weakness, but maybe alcohol is. Uh, alcohol is hmm. is or maybe they're having an affair is, mm. or maybe prescription medication is, Sure. but nobody can stare at what they're weak at and feel strong forever and not and not uh, succumb to the temptation. It doesn't work that way. That's Dr. So so it-
3: Hanan, are you saying that we should have our rehab clinics in bars? <laughs> 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 and, and perhaps our, our, our sex addict um, therapy in strip clubs? <laughs>
2: No, no, not at all. For the record, not at all. So <laughs> what, what, what I am saying is that the change, as we said last week, doesn't start from within. It starts by changing your environment. Right. So I'm saying you're going to, you're going to get better when you change your alcoholic friends and when you change your sex addict friends and when you change your friends that are addicted to things that you're addicted to. It's impossible. You see, if you surround yourself with clowns, you are going to become a clown. Yeah. That's the way it works. That's Nobody's right. bigger than their environment. So change your environment and change the inside as a return.
1: But it's interesting also this the power of distraction, because um we tend to think of, of distractions as a bad thing, right? I mean we're told, you know, if you're a child and you're easily distracted, you're disciplined and, and people say to you, you need to pay attention, you need to be focused. And even in, in work, people need to be focused. But here you're saying that actually if it comes to addiction it's quite a useful thing to be easily distracted, because it allows you to to avoid that addiction. It's yeah, incredible. but it's
3: actually in in by by the very nature of distracting yourself, you are being focused on the task at hand, which is to avoid the marshmallow.
1: Yeah,
2: for sure, you can focusing on what you can control. Again, yeah. the aim is not to stare down what you're weak at. Uh, you know, if I dangle your weakness in front of you, again people must understand that motivation and temptation will do this the whole day. So at some point you're very strong in the day and at some point you're very weak Mm -hmm. and you don't know when you're going to be strong. And you have no idea when you're going to be weak. You have no idea when you'll be disciplined and when you're not going to, you have no idea when you'll feel like doing something. And when you won't. feelings are random, feelings are random and they control by external things that you cannot control. Feelings are controlled by how well you slept last night, the coffee that you had this morning. So you can't predict when you'll be strong, So rather lean on your environment that ensures that you stay in your
1: lane. You said something right at the start of this, which is really instructive too. I mean, society looks at certain things and says that's a good addiction. The other things, it's a bad addiction. We joke about people who have coffee addictions or fitness addictions like Mbulelo, but they're acceptable socially, right? Um, How do you know when an addiction has become a problem?
2: So I always advise my patients to never lean and rely on themselves because we can easily bullshit ourselves into believing that what we're doing is right. So I have many people that uh, come to me and say, but what's wrong with me having two bottles of wine by myself at home every night? What's wrong with that? And they can justify, I can still work. I can still be a good parent. I can still be a good Mm. uh, husband or wife. So people can justify their own bullshit all the time. So I always advise my patients to rely on people that they want to emulate and be like, that will give them that kind of feedback. So do you want to be like your friend that's an alcoholic? Well, of course not. So you're not going to lean on your friend that's the alcoholic to tell you whether what you're doing is right or wrong because he wants to justify that too. He wants to have a partner in this this game called addiction. So lean on people that you want to emulate and you want to be like and get their feedback. That will be a great starting point to let you know whether you're on the right track or not.
3: And that can sometimes be difficult because it would be like, me perhaps leaning on Mbulelo to say, you know, it's really difficult being fat and to start exercising. When what what experience does he have? Yes, he's someone I aspire to be like. But your your mind can be so strong with addiction that you can say, oh, but he actually doesn't know what he's talking about. He's never been fat.
2: Yeah, right, these, right, right, these, right. That's why you should these, surround yourself yeah. with people that that stop you from or that don't allow you to fail. You know, one of the things that I always tell people, which is really quite important if you really get deep into it, is that unsuccessful people really depend on themselves and trust themselves to make decisions as they go along. So I'll repeat that. Unsuccessful people really depend on themselves to make decisions as they go along. Successful people don't trust themselves and therefore depend on a blueprint to make decisions for them. It's the game plan, it's the blueprint that really instructs and in a prerequisite for discipline. So surround yourself with people that don't allow you to fail, as opposed to trusting your own ability and your own discipline to ensure that you move forward consistently. This doesn't work that way. Um, just to,
0: Dr. Ghanan, uh, so, yeah, sorry. Again, yeah. You spoke just now about something that really, really has touched me, because discipline is such a big part of my life, and I, I, I try and consume as much as I can. But I've been reading some really interesting things about when you spoke about discipline, how it goes up and down. I think a lot of us think life just happens. You know, we don't keep an eye on when we eat something, when I have a coffee, how does it make me feel? Am I productive then? Am I go, no go? But I'm interested in: Do you think people can reprogram? Um, I, I believe the, the, the cycle is called the circadian rhythm. You know, which, do you think we can reprogram that and be more deliberate about knowing when we're productive? About because then we know, th- then we know when we're productive, and uh, we can always keep an eye on that and be more motivated and not go, "Oh, I'm not productive at four o'clock," but actually, you're probably more productive in the morning. I mean, that circadian rhythm is such an important thing for me, and I, I'd love to hear your thoughts on reprogramming, reprogramming that to be more successful when, when you're trying to be disciplined
2: so two things number one that internal feeling of discipline will go up and down throughout the day and um, as i said there are times when you're feeling really motivated to go for a run and there are times when you really don't feel like going for the run mm-hmm. so you can't lean on your own feelings to drive your discipline what you have to lean on is a blueprint a plan of action so think about it this way imagine two people need to go to the gym. Person A has got a blueprint. I've got a personal trainer. I paid them six weeks in advance. I'm going between 4 and 4.30. Monday, I've got a – or Tuesday, friend's coming over. We're going for a run. They've got a blueprint. Person B, they're going to wing it. If they both wake up on Monday morning and don't feel like going to the gym, the only one that's going to the gym is the one with a blueprint. The blueprint is what drives the discipline. So, you know, we look at people that are super disciplined. You go, I want to be just like them. Yeah. But what you're not noticing and what you don't have uh, – A preview into is the really well-defined game plan and a blueprint that drives that discipline Mm -hmm. now to your question about that rhythm yes we can get into rhythm but life is so unpredictable now we've been pushed into level four i assure you that your rhythm is going to change it will have to what if we go into level five and suddenly you can't go outside so the rhythm is going to change sure we get into a system or a rhythm that's very consistent in a consistent world And I like to fit my system into that rhythm, but I also like to create a blueprint that irrespective of whether I feel like it or not, I do it anyway.
1: Now, the the reason that this whole subject came up was because I mentioned to you last week that there are some people who say, well, I'm addicted to X, Y, or Z. They accept that they're addicted to something, but they blame their personality instead of their choices. They blame everything around them. They blame circumstance. They blame the way they were raised. They blame politics they blame society they blame the government genetics anything that they can right um at some point though no matter how addicted you are to something it is about your choices and this is where your blueprint and everything else comes in is there any way that people can help themselves to get over that hump and to stop looking for excuses because i think a lot of people are stuck in the cycle of getting excuses and usually addiction and you even see this with people who've gone to rehab or they've tried to do something about their addiction, they still use it as an excuse as to why they're not doing the things that they should be doing.
2: You know what, Gareth, the thing is that um, I see these excuses all the time and people might have a really valid excuse, you know, I grew up in an impoverished household, I grew up when my dad beat my mom or I grew up and my dad beat me, I grew up in an abusive environment. My mom was an alcoholic or whatever it is. So people really have reasons Mm -hmm. of why they are the way they are, but it's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. You assuming you have another 50, 60, 70, 80 years on earth, make a count. The excuses are not going to help you move forward. I want you to don't, I want you to not hold on to these excuses of weight tying your foot to a tree because yeah, it makes you feel good because you never have to move out of your comfort zone and you never have to fail because You've got an excuse, but it's not good enough to live a meaningless life where you're just stuck. Nobody ever looks back at their lives for 60 years and go, well, I'm so happy I got stuck to this tree. (laughs) Nobody ever says, I'm so happy that I just live in a comfort zone. It just doesn't happen that way. People that take risks to get out of their comfort zone without the excuses, because the excuse that gets you stuck. So the question is, how do we do it? Well, surround yourself with People that don't allow you, don't enable you to get stuck to this tree. Surround yourself with people that keep on motivating you and moving you forward and not enabling you. It's the environment that will progress you forward, not yourself.
1: Well, we're going to close it on that note. Thank you very much, Dr. Hanan Bushkin. That's very helpful information. And for anybody who is going through addiction, there are obviously people out there who can help you and there are there are people who take these things very seriously. We're not talking about the addictions that are good for you. We're talking about the ones that are much more destructive, and you know who those people are. You can get hold of them. You can look them up on the internet. There are loads and loads of, of of very competent people who are able to help you address your addictions. So we're by no means making light of any of them this morning. But I do think if you if you are in in, in a position where you can draw up a blueprint you can do what dr hanan is saying start to take control of your existence make sure that you break bad habits that's always something to uh, be proud of and to applaud and uh, we, you know we try to we try to improve ourselves here on this show as well so we're we're going to all be working on our various addictions too over the next couple of months and hopefully when we emerge from lockdown whenever the hell that is We'll all be addiction-free because we'll have been in an environment where we can control things, most <laughs> of the things. It's
3: hopeful, but, but there weren't enough people who gave up smoking when cigarettes were banned. So,
1: yeah,
2: exactly. you know, the
3: hope's there, yeah. but uh, it's what we do with it and and also how hard we're willing to work around it and find our own resources.
1: And, I mean, uh, Dr. Hanan, just on a, on a closing note, just because your environment gives you the excuse to stop doing something doesn't mean you're going to stop it either, right? All those people who didn't stop smoking.
2: Right. Well, I mean, again, even though like the majority of your environment might enable you, there's always a pocket of an environment that doesn't. The, so surround yourself with people that don't justify what you're doing and right. make your current position uncomfortable. Don't make your current position comfortable. Make your current position uncomfortable. Create that, that dissonance. Uh-huh.
1: And again, surround yourself with people that you want to
2: create what you want to create for yourself.
1: Very good. Dr. Hanan Bushkin, thank you very much for joining us this Thanks, morning. Guys. We will check in with you again in a week's time. And if you've got some questions or some things that you would like him to address, then you can let us know. Just send me an email, gareth at cliffcentral.com, and we will pass it on to Dr. Hanan.